Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Andy Murphy. Native women face a troubling statistic when it comes to pregnancy. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports Native mothers are more than twice as likely to die from pregnancy-related complications than their white counterparts. Today we'll take a look at those statistics to get at the main causes and we'll ask the experts what are some of the possible solutions to improve Native mothers' chances. We're back right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Shirley Jihad, in for Antonia Gonzalez. The Standing Rock Sioux Tribe held a meeting with U.S. Army officials and leaders of other tribes across the Great Sioux Nation to discuss the future of the Dakota Access Pipeline. That meeting comes after the U.S. Supreme Court last week ordered a broader environmental review go forward. But the pipeline has still been operating in the meantime, and tribes want the pipeline shut down while the environmental review is underway. Navajo Nation Vice President Myron Lizer has announced he's running as a Republican for Congress in Arizona. He is facing half a dozen other candidates in the August 2nd primary. Lizer spoke virtually at the 2020 Republican National Convention, and he is a strong supporter of Donald Trump. He's running for the newly drawn 2nd Congressional District seat that includes part of the Navajo Nation, Flagstaff, and other areas of southern Arizona. The incumbent is a Democrat, but the redrawn district favors a Republican. In his State of the Union speech, President Biden directly mentioned Native American communities at one point when he was talking about building the economy while respecting the environment. He said all Americans should have access to clean water and the ability to go online, and he gave the nod to Native American communities when he talked about his effort to boost infrastructure building across the country. We're going to provide, provide affordable, high-speed Internet for every American, rural, suburban, urban, and tribal communities. 4,000 projects have already been announced. Biden also said he wants to cut the cost of child care and prescription drugs and boost the national minimum wage to $15 an hour. The head of the U.S. Small Business Administration is touting President Biden's effort to boost Native businesses on the heels of the president's first State of the Union address. Isabel Guzman says the $700 million given out to support Native businesses and entrepreneurs over the past year is evidence of the administration's commitment to boosting underserved communities. The president uh, has uh, really prioritized inclusion and equity in making sure that uh, our tribal communities are included as we grow and build this uh, economy uh, stronger into the future. And uh, the SBA, of course, we have the Office of Native American Affairs, and I've elevated that office to report directly to me uh, so it can continue to track the progress that we make on important programs and initiatives that can support Native-owned businesses. Guzman is also coming off her first trip last week to the Navajo Nation, where she praised the aim of the federal COVID relief money and the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act to boost Native enterprises. One of the guests at the State of the Union was the head of Michigan's Indigenous Education Initiative. 
Melissa Isaac of the Saginaw Chippewa Tribe was there as a personal guest of First Lady Jill Biden. You may have noticed her sitting right behind the First Lady and the Ukrainian ambassador. Isaac was wearing a bright-colored Native American ribbon dress. That fashion choice of hers for the event lit up social media. According to the Detroit Free Press, Isaac is a former elementary school teacher instrumental in securing $9 million in a federal grant for indigenous schools in Michigan to address mental health needs. With National Native News, I'm Shirley Jihad. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by the Native American Disability Law Center. Just a call away at 800-862-7271. A not-for-profit 501c3. Providing support for your civil rights. Support by the Center for Indigenous Cancer Research at Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center, dedicated to cancer research, medicine, and cancer care for indigenous population. A no-charge online risk assessment tool is available at roswellpark.org slash assessme. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. Pregnancy carries more risk for Native women than most others in this country. They are at least twice as likely to die from pregnancy-related complications. Some studies put the risk even higher than that. There's evidence that where you live could increase your chances of having a problem during pregnancy or birth. The troubling statistics have shown consistent disparities for a long time, and the causes are varied and not fully understood. The good news is there's a growing awareness of the problem, and there are efforts to improve the numbers. Last week, the Sturgeon Lake First Nation welcomed a baby boy born relying on traditional birthing methods. He's the first in decades. And for a growing number of indigenous women, traditional birth is a good way to have a healthy pregnancy and birth. Today, we'll learn about the crisis Native women face and the ways it's being solved. You can join our discussion, too. Call in at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. I'd like to uh, bring in a couple of guests here. Joining us from Prince Albert in Saskatchewan, Canada is Norma Rabbitskin. She's the senior health nurse for Sturgeon Lake First Nation. Welcome, Norma. Thank you. Thank you for joining. And um, we also have Shirley Bighead. She's the director of health for Sturgeon Lake First Nation. Hi, Shirley. Hi, Andy. Good morning. 
Good morning. And then we have uh, Christine Longjohn. She's a Sturgeon Lake First Nations band counselor responsible for health. And um, she is Plains Cree. Um, Norma is Cree. Shirley is Cree. Everybody's Cree on the show today. Welcome, uh, Christine Longjohn. Good morning. Pleasure to, be, to join you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining. So um, I would just mentioned uh, the birth of the baby boy just, uh, I think it was last week. Norma, you have uh, you have connections to this baby boy, right? Can you tell me about that birth? Yes, uh, that's actually um, uh, my daughter who birthed the baby, uh, my, my grandson. He is my uh, sixth grandson, but this is the first time being birthed in a community in our traditional lands and with the uh, Indigenous or an Aboriginal midwife assisted along with our, our Indigenous birth support workers or first place birth support workers um, that are, um, are um, employed with our health. Okay, so it's the first time in a long time. Um, is this a, a growing, um, a growing, um, what do you call it? Maybe a, a revitalization of the traditional birthways in your area? Yes, we've been um, working for my community here for over 20 years, and it's been always been a vision of the community of uh, Sturgeon Lake, uh, grandmothers and grandfathers, so bringing back the birthing and traditional um, uh, child rearing. So we, we've been working on um, developing this uh, this um, vision and the project that we had named was that translates uh, revitalizing birthing knowledge and good child rearing practices in Sturgeon Lake. So we actually actualized our, our dream last week and to be able to um, recruit and to um, employ or to contract our Indigenous or First Nation midwives to come and assist us and to utilize our traditional knowledge, pre-knowledge of how to birth our, 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 our babies. So my, my daughter had an experience of um, working as a birth doula in Saskatoon and she saw firsthand how, how it is to birth in that setting. And it is, to her, it, was, it, it didn't fit well and it was too cold and um, it, it, it was missing that ceremonial and, uh, and, and all, the, you know, all the traditional practices that we were once had that before colonization. So that was something that she wanted to experience. And so she saw how the doctors treat their women. And, and you know, to be, in, to be truthful, it was, for her, it was a culture shock um, to see that. So she asked to be admitted to our midwifery project or program in Sturgeon Lake. And so for the past year, throughout her um, nine months of uh, pregnancy, she's been uh, attending the sessions with our, our group and our project. And uh, she's received teachings on how to look after yourself, the do's and don'ts of uh, pregnancy, and also to develop a birth plan. And um, we've contracted our midwives, um, visiting midwives, uh, Doreen Day, uh, home, who, who has been a key instrumental to our, our project. And she was unable to come and attend to the, the birth, so she, we, um, 
we consulted uh, Carol Couchier and Natalie Pan Braun uh, out of the uh, Ontario and Winnipeg, Ontario and Winnipeg. They've uh, they work for the Aboriginal uh, National Aboriginal Midwives Association out of Ontario. They volunteered to come and uh, support uh, this, this this sacred uh, journey. So. So they've been with us for the past month, and they've been on standby. They've been supporting and doing the assessments that are needed. And so when when she was uh, due, when she started to have her contractions last week on the, the evening of the uh, her due date is February 22nd. So she started her contractions then, and so we started we implemented the um, birth plan. We started the <clears throat> the protocols, the fire protocols, the traditional ceremony was done, the lifting of the pipe, all of that, the traditional medicines, the singing. So all of that was done during her, um, as she was laboring. And so the baby boy was born the morning of February 23rd at 7.01. And she was welcomed with the sound of the rattle, the sound of the songs, and all of those, you know, the traditional practices of, was was uh, honored we uh, the midwives were 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 so uh, gentle and were caring with a caring environment and the baby came out screaming and crying and we didn't have to do any intervention so everything was it seems like it was very um uh, divine i guess we would say yeah. divine intervention with all the <laughs> prayers that have been answered so it was, so she was born. He was born with great abcars, with a, you know, with the with the color, everything, and so we made sure that the, the midwife also honored the. Well, they already practiced that of delayed cord clamping, right? So mm-hmm. that's uh, something that is honored as well, okay. and so that was really, um, it was really powerful. I was really, we came full circle because I was born out in the land too with my with my grandma and my auntie birthing me with my mom when she was in labor so we we are honoring those traditions and how we we uh, honor that sacred birth yeah. and so yeah yeah well uh, sorry to interrupt you but I wanted to ask a question I mean you went back to when you were born out on the land I mean what 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 has happened um over time uh that that kind of put um you know a halt or or um you know slowed down uh the traditional birthing methods that happen in the community Well well ever since the um well, you know, the government came over and took over the birthing, the rights to birthing in the, the hospital. The doctors came and took over that right, uh, that role now, and it it got transferred along the way. And I, like, I was born in 1966, so there is a big gap there. And when all the uh, the practices have been shifted, and that's where we feel that we're losing our voices and our um, our treaty rights to uh, to health and, and treaty rights to to practice your birthing was taken away along the way. It got um, eroded along the way. So, and so many things have really disrupted in uh, all of the cultural practices. All the, you know, it, because the birth is a, is a sacred right, and all of the support systems were part of it. It's a big celebration. So all of that got disrupted along the way when all of the colonizers. Um, 
um, policies came with that ours is the Indian Act that has been enacted in our in our uh, country, mm-hmm. and so to this day it's still affecting us. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's easy to start off this conversation with uh, talking about traditional birth. But um, uh, a little bit later, we're going to go over and talk about, um, you know, health risks for uh, Native mothers, for Indigenous mothers as they are um, getting ready to uh, give birth. So uh, stay tuned for that part of the conversation. Uh, You can also join our conversation, too. We are at one 800 996 That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. We are talking about um, traditional birth. Uh, We're talking about um, maternal uh, mortality and health risks for uh, indigenous mothers who are um, giving birth. So um, give us a call. Tell us what your traditional birthing ways are like. Uh, Again, that number is 1-800-996-2848. Norma, before we go to break here, uh, where can we find out more about um, you guys' initiatives there with traditional birthing? You can um, call us at um, area code 306-764-9352. That is our uh, Sturgeon Lake Health Center number. And um, we we have a website um, that has not we still are in the process of updating that website, and that will give you a little bit more information on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that is www.slfn.ca. And um, the other, uh, uh, I'll give you my email. It's nrabbitskin at slhc.ca. That's short for Sturgeon all right. Cool. Well, um, on our website, NativeAmericaCalling.com, we have um, links to all of that. We'll be back after this break. Bison are an important animal to many tribes. They were almost wiped out by a federal policy of extermination. Now, tribes play a key role in growing new herds of bison and continuing to tell stories of bison's cultural importance. We'll hear from those who are working to preserve bison on the next Native America Calling. Uju Geda Dawase Gnoj Wibidi Mashkiki Winini Nongam Wewene Jidji Kawadwa Gedabinuji Mag Mawadishawen insurekidsnow.gov Gema Gnoj one eight seven seven kids now Gnoje no kid inishinabe akwazi begamigung no waj jigikendaman mawadishawen healthcare.gov Gema Gnoj one eight hundred three one eight two five nine six Gaundinagadeg the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services.
You are listening to Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. The birth of a child is a time for celebration. For Native mothers, though, there are potential risks and concerns. So today we're talking about health during pregnancy. You can be part of the conversation as well. Call in at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. And we have uh, from Sturgeon Lake First Nation, uh, Norma Rabbitskin, Senior Health Nurse, Shirley Bighead, Director of Health, and Christine Longjohn, uh, Band Counselor Responsible for Health. So I want to move on to um, Christine. Uh, Christine Longjohn, what... um, we were just kind of explaining over time how um, the community sort of got forcefully separated from uh, traditional birthways. Can you uh, talk a little bit more about that and what it's what it's uh, taken so far to, um, you know, reconnect and then, you know, reconnect and have a have the first baby born in that traditional way a couple of weeks ago? OK, yes. Yeah, so. In Canada, um, as you're aware, there is a lot of um, harm that's been done to our communities uh, through residential schools, day schools, and whatnot. And just having a a system that has been forced upon us, um, and and um, not being able to practice our traditional ways, and being forced into the healthcare system that we presently have. Um, I myself, as, as Norma, was birthed within our community uh, 55 years ago, 1966. And at that time, we still had the grandmothers that were able to assist my mother and my aunts uh, that were around and my grandmothers that also assisted. But I was also taken to Prince Albert Hospital. And at that time when we had arrived, we were put in isolation. And so this is a really important uh, piece that uh, we need to change. Uh, because I was born in on the First Nation, m- mom and I were put in isolation. And should have I been left uh, within the community, we know that there would have been uh, the ceremonies, there would have been the greetings from, you know, family, um, you know, and just wishing me, you know, all of those words that we say to our babies when, when they come, and that so that part didn't happen, right? We, we were put into the hospital and put into isolation, and so that was kind of my, my welcoming to, you know, to the world, right? And, and we know that um, right now a lot of our ceremonies are not allowed within the hospital settings, there's um, like the smudging, the medicines, and, you know, our elders aren't able to participate in the hospital settings presently. So we're working towards changing that as well. Um, When we talk about traditional birthing, we're talking about the care of the family, the care that the mother and the father receive during the whole pregnancy, right? Uh, We've always had our own teachings, our own ways of raising our families. And, you know, that was disrupted. So we're we're bringing those teachings back to make our communities healthy and safe once again. 
so within those um, teachings, uh, the mother, you know, there was do's and don'ts that the mother um, during pregnancy, like there was certain foods that she couldn't eat, and there was medicines that she would she would have to take during her pregnancy to to assist. So, you know, uh, we the babies would be born healthy, right? And now within our First Nations, there's a lot of um, different uh, diseases that uh, we we have uh, that were introduced, and one of the biggest ones is diabetes. So, you know, just trying to uh, eliminate some of those and making sure that uh, the medicines are taken, that the nutri- proper nutrition for the baby and the mom are there, breakthrough. So I you know that's that's one of the big differences that we're we're promoting okay. is the the wellness of the of the mom during the whole pregnancy and then having the ceremonies along right through um, it, it's a lifetime right it's a li- it's not just the child child birth you know that we're talking about it's it's the whole life cycle of of the baby. Got it. Okay. Uh, Christine, you mentioned um, diabetes, um, you know, putting native babies and and mothers at risk um, when it comes to pregnancy and then uh, giving birth. What are some other health concerns uh, for Indigenous mothers and and their babies around this time? Norma, can you answer that, please? Oh, Norma, Norma. Yes, uh, some of the other health challenges we're facing with our own membership um, moms is we're tackling teenage pregnancies, uh, maternal age pregnancies over 35, um, substance abuse or addictions. We, we have gestational diabetes. We have unresolved traumas, um, grief issues. We are uh, starting to see... Um, sexually transmitted infections, blood-borne pathogen infections. We have a resurgence of um, syphilis now. We're seeing cases of that. We're battling racial discrimination, stigma, and rigid policies in the hospital that is affecting the the health and well-being of our women. We have, like I said, there's um, family violence or uh, spousal violence. Um, We're battling breastfeeding rates are decreasing, um, lack of, you know, access to traditional birthing teachings, or, or we were, we were, you know, that's the reason why we we were fought so so much to bring back these teachings, and we're working to to do that. We have many challenges like right now too is birth control being forced on us. Um, right now, there's a, in Canada, in Saskatchewan, there is a a, a lawsuit uh, against. Um, Saskatoon of forced sterilization that's been subjected to our women a few years, I don't know what year, but that's, those are the true realities that are we're facing, and that's the reason why we're fighting so hard to bring back our revitalizing our birthing at the community level and bringing back, grounding our cultural teachings with our maternal child program. Okay. 
All right. Does that sound like uh, something that your community is also battling in here in the uh, in the U.S.? You can give us a call. Join our conversation. We're at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. How are traditional birth wa- birthing ways and, and reconnecting to those uh, traditional birth ways is sort of the, the answer to um, all of these health issues that uh, plague our Native communities? Again, that's 1-800-996-2848. Shirley Bighead, uh, Director of Health for Sturgeon Lake First Nation. Uh, Let me bring you in. Um, You know, how how do uh, Native mothers, um, you know, connect with, um, you know, how how do traditional birthways, um, you know, connect women to you know a better, uh, a healthier pregnancy? Shirley. All right. Can we go back to uh, let's go back to Norma? Could you answer that answer that one? Yes. Um, reconnecting to our cultural ways, we're actually looking at the whole person mm-hmm. from. Uh, all the four aspects, we're tending to their spiritual needs, physical needs, mental needs, and emotional needs. To us, we, we look at restoring the wellness and harmonizing whatever with the Western and traditional approaches. And we're not only talking about just the birth as, a, as, as one aspect, we're looking after the, the whole stages of life, from preconception to conception to child, youth, uh, adult and elder stage. To us, that's how our, we were taught. In, in, in a circle of our teepee village, we're looking after the whole, um, the wellness of the, the family. So that's what we want we envision of restoring those practices. So we're doing it and we're introducing, we're reintroducing the birthing and to show, and, and it is that spiritual aspect that in the emotional side of our our being uh, that always gets neglected with the Western uh, system, and they're always disease-focused. Whereas in our indigenous or worldview of our pre-way worldview, is always wellness-focused. We always aspire to to have wellness, and we want to dream, and we want to walk. We want to walk what we think about. So we continue to learn about who we are and bring pa- bring back those teachings. And, and to, to include our husbands, our, our grandmothers and our grandfathers, and the community as a whole. We're looking at all of those, uh, all of those uh, family system as well. So it takes the whole community to raise that, bring that child back in harmony with our ways. So that's how we envision in restoring the, the wellness. And so we're taking our both, best of both worlds. Okay. All right. Um, let's go back to Shirley. We have uh, Shirley back here. Um, Shirley, do you work with uh, Native mothers? And what are some of the maybe specific things you work uh, with Native mothers to um, get to that space of um, wellness? Staff that work specifically with the young mothers and, well, and mothers of all ages to try to provide the support that uh, is necessary for them to have a healthy birth. And that may be using the Western medical system and, or it may be using the traditional system. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, it, the traditional is so important because unlike the Western cold uh, 
type of environment where you give birth this way is it's full of prayer and spirituality. And I think that's what makes all the difference in the world. Uh, we talk, Nora spoke at length about, you know, different challenges that we're facing. And I'm sure we're not unique in that. However, I believe that when you practice the ceremonies and you participate in the teachings throughout your pregnancy, that when you come into the world, you come into a warm, welcoming, loving environment. And I think that sets, sets the stage for that baby's life and how it's going to be, as opposed to being snatched out and put in a in a bassinet and all cold and you know and so on is just not very conducive um, to love and expressing that. So <clears throat> I believe in doing that, it's going to make a change, not only with the babies, but when you have healthy babies, you have healthy families and a healthy community. So if we can, so that is the way that we are supporting that. And I mean, even independent, you know, um, looking at how that builds a community makes it so strong and so powerful when they are independent. Okay. So I see this as a beginning. I know you asked me how do I support or how do I interact with the, the young mothers. <clears throat> and I guess what I'm explaining is that we have a rather large staff that do provide that support, whether it's in prenatal, whether it's our RNs, whether it's our maternal child health. More importantly, whether it's our Kokums and residents, whether it's our spiritualists, whether it's our healers, uh, our helpers, or nozoscapulists. So there is a very large group of people that are available and want to uh, provide the kind of support that our membership, uh, in particular our mothers, are requiring to ensure that they have a healthy outcome and we welcome a brand new band member into this world. Hmm. All right. Um, so when when a uh, when a woman has to give birth um, in a hospital, when it when it just happens that way, when um, they feel like that's the right place for them to give birth in a hospital, um, how important are native uh, nurses and doctors over at uh, that facility? Well, you know. Um, I think that they uh, they have a uh, scope of practice that they have to follow by virtue of uh, their profession and their work environment. So mm-hmm. I think that that it, it would be a more um, an atmosphere an atmosphere more conducive to having a um, a less traumatic birth, a more welcoming birth. But I think if you leave out the grandmothers, if you leave out the grandfathers and the fathers and members that have followed them all the way through, it's going to be a whole different experience because it's in a different environment. And like I said, they're bound by their their scope of practice and what they can um, actually do in in a Western acute care center. Mm Mm-hmm. Is a traditional birth um, an option for every Indigenous uh, mother? In Sturgeon Lake, uh, you know, we are just starting. We're we're at the front end of a very exciting journey of reawakening traditional birthing. Um, But at some point, um, once we we're actually in the process as well, Andy, of designing our birthing center. And uh, it will allow us to uh, provide birthing services to others as well. You know, naturally, we're focusing on our own. We will have four birthing suites there. 
We'll have a ceremonial room. We'll have a room there for teachings, both the Western and, more importantly, of course, the traditional. Uh, We'll have a sleeping room for the families. We'll have a a kitchen. Uh, We'll have a sacred fire there where the ceremonies will happen. Um, And, of course, an admin area. But, you know, most importantly, the opportunity to, to participate in the traditional teachings and the ceremonies right there in our birthing center. So, I mean, it's pretty exciting. And we're looking at, I guess, ideally, we would be open um, closer to the winter uh, of this year. Mm-hmm. We're just finalizing the design now. So it's truly exciting. And it's like our medicine wheel. There is a center octagonal building. And then there are four attached to it, and they're in the north, south, east, and west. And we're mm-hmm. making sure that the uh, doorway in is facing south. That's very important in our culture to ensure that good outcomes. Okay. All right. That sounds really exciting. Uh, let's bring in uh, Christine Longjohn for this question. Um, what, what does it take in to get to this point where you guys are ready to start designing and start building this birthing center? Okay. So it's, it's this has not happened overnight. Mm-hmm. This has been a, a long time. Um, I believe how they started was um, just... Um, consulting with the elders and the community uh, first and then they went into the elders and the community members went into a lot of memory work right because that's we needed to uh, remember our our ways and who 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 in the past that they could remember growing up were the midwives within our community who were the who were the birth support workers within the community at that time so a lot of that memory work um was done um and then just relearning a lot of these ceremonies um that go along with uh the birthing right all of the um um, christine sorry i have to interrupt you we're going to go to this break right now uh we'll be back afterwards and we'll continue smoking gave me copd which makes it harder and harder for me to breathe i have a tip for you If your doctor gives you five years to live, spend it talking with your grandchildren. Explain to them that your grandpa's not going to be around anymore to share his wisdom and his love. I haven't figured out how to do that yet. I'm running out of time. COPD makes it harder and harder to breathe and can cause death. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention.
Thanks for tuning in to Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. There's still time to get in on the conversation today about risks Native mothers face in pregnancy and birth. Call in at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. I want to continue with uh, Christine Longjohn, uh, Sturgeon Lake First Nations Band Counselor responsible for uh, health. Uh, Christine, can you continue? You were talking about uh, what it's taken uh, for the community to reach this point where you guys are uh, designing a birthing center and getting ready to open a uh, birthing center. You were mentioning memory work and identifying those who uh, are traditionally responsible for uh, helping with birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <clears throat> there's been a lot of uh, the memory work with the elders um, and just gathering their information and um one of the things that they talked about was the the the, fa- the, the strong uh, family unit units that were built, right? Um, and the mother and the grandmothers being, um, you know, that strength. So a lot of the ceremonies that um, that needed to uh, come back to our community were such uh, ceremonies as the belly button, the naming ceremonies, the placenta. Um, and the fire, um, bringing back the birthing fire, uh, and and all of those um, that go along with uh, the whole process of the birthing and and the um, the pregnancy. So, bringing all of those back, um, and that took a, many years of uh, relearning, right? And so now, uh, Norma can talk about the four prong approach that we are that we are um, using to. Um, to make this a reality and it is a reality with our, our first birth. Uh, we, do, um, we back a few years ago, we built a, what we refer to as a, uh, the Lloyd Johnson Memorial center, which, um, the, an elder in our community had a vision, um, and a place where people would come and, and, um, it would be a place for wellness and and for for health and so that is where the uh, baby was born and in there we um like this has been a long road we've um brought back a lot of our traditional medicines our traditional knowledge Uh, so it's all incorporated uh within um this what we're this journey that we're on so it's everything is connected all of the teachings, the grandmothers, um, the all of the prenatal and postnatal classes that that continue to happen, it's mm-hmm. all it's all connected. So, um, sure, um, Norma, if you can uh, talk briefly about the uh, four prong approach that we're we're doing. Yeah, uh, Norma Norma Rabbitskin is the senior senior health nurse over at Sturgeon Lake First Nation. Uh, Norma, if you could quickly go to uh, those stages, um, uh, because I'd like to bring in another guest who can talk about um, a similar sort of uh, birthing center here in uh, the U.S. Uh, Norma? Yes, uh, thank you. Yes, as you know that we went through that dialogue session, so we turned around and uh, did a proposal and to our funding agencies who are responsible for fiduciary responsibility to fund our, our um, service delivery in the community. So we submitted a, a proposal and we wanted to do it in a four-pronged approach. How we envisioned for, well, how we envisioned for the next five years how we would 
reintroduce birthing, we wanted to look at revitalizing midwifery knowledge. Um, so revitalizing and grounding with our uh, uh, cultural, traditional knowledge. And the first prong was uh, uh, getting that traditional knowledge grounded and was working with our knowledge keepers in our Kisteyak, our elders in our community, and looking at how we birthed a long time ago and the roles, the learning, the teachings, the ceremonies, the pipes, the pipe ceremonies, the full moon ceremonies, all of that cultural um, um, that is attached to um, compiling all of that. And we, we envision in developing a curriculum that will turn around and support our, our staff with that one. So the grandmothers were the, lead, the leads, the knowledge keepers were the leads in, in, in reawakening that knowledge with, within our, within our um, knowledge systems of our, of our uh, knowledge keepers. And uh, from birthing to good child rearing. So the other second prong that we wanted to do was to incorporate traditional birthing practices and teachings within Sturgeon Lake Maternal Child Health Program. And that is sitting with the knowledge and that was delivered by our, our indigenous midwives. And this is where we had contracted Doreen Day and she was was to deliver 12 modules in in revitaling that knowledge so we went up up until four modules and then covid interrupted our our uh, teachings so uh, when she was there she did, she did uh, cradle board teaching she did the circle of life teaching the uh the prenatal care um care model uh, so that's where we're left off. So she worked with our, our maternal child worker, community health representatives, and our nurses. So that our team, basically, and our grandmothers. Okay. So learning to practice that. And then the third prong is building capacity with a, with a midwife and building with a, with our also Indigenous birth support worker. So we recruited and we obtained funding to hire, uh, harmonize our existing staff. Uh, we are still struggling to recruit um, a midwife. Um, as you know, Saskatchewan only has 16, I believe, 16 midwives. And mm-hmm. I believe that is one of the biggest challenges that we're facing. Not only can we not uh, recruit a, a First Nation midwife, we have to look outside of the province in order to find one. So right now, we don't have First Nation midwives. We have mainstream midwives, and they're they're far in between as well. So right now we're working closely with contracted midwives, and then we're working with our birth support. Mm-hmm. We've trained our we've trained our birth support workers with a doula training. So that's the part we and also the building capacity is is also to um, dream about that birthing center, and so so that's the one Chris, Christine was talking about. So we are we actualize that that. Um, we are going to be having our birth support, or actually our birthing center. So the fourth prong is um, knowledge transfer. So our our Kisteyak, our knowledge keepers, and our our team have been learning, have been participating in great learning. So what we are turning around is delivering the services now. What we've been taught, we're applying it. It's full implementation. We have about 36 people, our prenatals and postnatals, that have been um, admitted to the program. And we're looking at low-risk uh, 
pregnancies. We do not turn away anybody, though. They have access to cultural teachings and uh, cultural um, ceremonies on, on request. We work with, in collaboration with, uh, we're, we're working towards in collaborating with uh, uh, the doctors, the ones that have expressed. They've also expressed wanting to learn about the cultural competency of, of what they should be supporting the prenatals with. So that is something that we've been working as, as well. Okay. And we also are part of the team where the hospital has reached out to our team wanting to have made available the ones, the moms that have lost their babies through stillborn or miscarriages. They want to honour that death because we have to also honour that because that is a death and it has to be recognised and that ceremony has to be uh, has to be supported. Those women have to be, because that all, that all in retrospect is your mental health. It affects that woman throughout her her life. And if we don't deal with that, it's going to be interrupted. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you so much for that, uh, Norma. It's going to be interesting um, to learn about how uh, the birthing center is coming together throughout this year. Uh, So let's go to another guest. We have joining us from Albuquerque, New Mexico, Nicole Gonzalez. She's the founder and midwifery director of the Changing Woman Initiative, and she is Danae. Welcome back to Native America Calling, Nicole. Hi, it's nice to be here. How are you? Doing pretty good. I'm, I'm sure you heard about some of the good work going on over at uh, Sturgeon Lake First Nation. That sounds very similar to what's um, already happening uh, here in New Mexico. Uh, tell me a little bit about this new birthing center. Yeah, so Change Room Initiative was founded in 2015. Um, and also this process that they're talking about with reclaiming birth, traditional birth knowledge for our community. That is a, such a, a long process that we've been on here to get to this place where we now have a, a small clinic and a birth suite here in Albuquerque um, starting to attend birth um, in our community. Um, and making that transition was pretty challenging just because um, many of our families have access issues, transportation issues. And so we've actually um, attend home births um in like a three-hour radius driving distance from our primary location and then for families who can't um who don't have a place to birth or live in a home with multiple family members they actually can come here and have their baby with us and we just had our first baby here in our clinic or in our birth suite at the beginning of february um so i feel like we've been celebrating like these major milestones in our progress um and it was beautiful. Last um, September, we had our first or second Hogan birth with um, primarily a Native midwifery team. Um, and um, our doulas that we trained in Windrock last year in a Hogan, we had two of those in attendance supporting this mama having a traditional birth in her Hogan with her family. And so it's beautiful to see that some of these ceremonial practices that we've talked about in our stories and have been passed down through our grandmothers that we're actually starting to see them revitalized in our communities and it's really cool to see really young women like you know 2021 wanting to have a birth outside of a hospital setting um, and be surrounded by their community and by ceremony to guide them uh, as they transition into becoming new moms and so yeah we are we're we're in this place of transition 
Um, we do have the goal of creating this larger birth center, which will likely be in Gallup just because they have limited birth access services. A lot of our families travel here to Albuquerque, which is like a two-hour drive um, to get care with us. And also their um, hospital services, one of their hospitals has stopped uh, providing birth services for the community. Um, and so there's also women, unfortunately, in these border areas are experiencing a lot of racism um, and bias by their providers. And so we're, we're starting to see more Native women come to our care because they want to be respected. Um, they want to align more with like traditional birthing practices and knowledge. They want to learn. We actually started working with another Diné language program here in Albuquerque who is doing a what they call a language nest. So they're working with our new prenatal clients all the way through the, the, their baby's age of three to teach the whole link, family link, their language and um, has services and uh, things associated with like ceremony, um, language, food. And so we've partnered with them. And so it's, it's really cool to see things come together uh, yeah. working with our community partners. Yeah, yeah, it's been cool to see the uh, progress of the um, the uh, Changing Women initiative over the last couple of years. Um, earlier in the hour, we were talking about health issues that uh, Native mothers face when they're pregnant and um, w when they're giving birth and, um, you know, how that relates to maternal mortality and how Native women are, um, you know, we're way at the top of that list when it comes to statistics. Um, how much is traditional birthways and reviving these traditions, you know, the answer to uh, getting those statistics down and making sure Native women are, um, are healthy? So uh, a major underlying issue a lot of the women we take care of are dealing with is um, some sort of trauma. So mm -hmm. whether it's PTSD, anxiety, depression, or some sort of trauma that's happened in the past. Um, I feel like our ceremonies really help ground them and give them power in themselves and the healing they need to move forward with their pregnancy in a positive way. Um, and also it's provided to them in a context of like this physical thing that's happening to their bodies is not just a medical process. Like it's, there's a pro there's there's a relationship to their community and to the land and to the water. There's a larger world that they're integrating into that maybe the medical system doesn't convey that story and so the the thought or the incorporation in coming from this place that ceremony is this birthing experience from the time they start thinking about having this baby like they are in ceremony with their baby and so it really changes how they take care of themselves it changes how they relate to their families or to their communities um and they're more open to, to making positive changes in their life. So there's that piece. Um, in regards to like some really hard things that are challenging to deal with, um, like diabetes and hypertension, like um, there are plant medicines that we use to manage them, to keep them more on the normal side if possible. And if, if a hospital birth is required because those things can't be done or taken care of in a home setting or a birth center setting, um, we make a pathway and um, to to work with you know physicians and hospitals to to have them have still a a very supported birthing experience, um, but that also is you know 
uh, saying a prayer in Odene, we have this blessing way ceremony that mamas do right before they have their babies. And it's just a realignment with all the positive things um, for their birth to be beautiful and pay, you know, like to, for things to go well. And um, it's nice that our staff and our midwives have participated in these ceremonies with our clients and our families. Um, I hate calling them clients. I feel like that's such a professional word. <laughs> I also hate using <laughs> calling them patients. I'm like, yeah. our people, my people. Um, but we've seen them physically transform from ceremony prior to having their babies and their face looks different, their bodies different, their babies come in blessed. Like it's, it, you physically see a change in these birth outcomes because they have these ceremonies done. And so I really encourage our mamas to incorporate these things um, into their, their practices. And for the ones that are, you know, grew up from away from home and they're still wanting to connect with that knowledge, we do have, medicine people that we we bring in to try and um, help them navigate this process with them and they are reporting like feeling more empowered and feeling more centered and more grounded as they transition so yeah (laughs) all right sorry that is the end of the show right there sorry we had to leave it right there um but there is so much work being done out there with um uh, reviving traditional birthways Uh, Thank you so much for joining Native America Calling. I'm your host, Andy Murphy. Are you Native American with a disability and feel you have not been able to access services for you or a loved one? The Native American Disability Law Center can help. The Native American Disability Law Center is a not-for-profit 501c3, and there is no charge for this help. More info at 800-862-7271 or nativedisabilitylaw.org. Who support this show? Looking to get your high school diploma? Southwestern Indian Polytechnic Institute offers Native Americans ages 18 or older training and preparation courses for the high school equivalency diplomas. In person and online beginning May 4th. All attendance and testing fees for this program are waived and resources will be available to help with supplies and living expenses. Space is limited. Application deadline is April 8th. More by calling 505-382-4287 or at sipi.edu who support this show. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.